You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for our once in the ten year recap of Survivor. Uh, we were here at the merge. I think it was just Jared and I, maybe Colin. I don't know. But we're here to talk about Survivor again, this time to recap the entire season of Edge of Extinction, the 38th season, and to talk about the upcoming 39th season, Idol of Islands? No, <laughs> Island of Idols, whatever it was called. Um, as always, I'm your lovely host, Rossi, and I'm joined by the biggest Survivor fan in the world. He loves every season, no matter what the twist, no matter the outcome. <laughs> I'm joined by Jared. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be talking about this amazing season um, that I'm such a fan of, and I'm just as going to talk just as positively as I did on um, the halfway point recap. I felt like we were more positive at the halfway point, did we not? Or was that my imagination? No, I thought that everything was kind of turning out well. I thought like there were some criticisms of Edge of Extinction taking away some screen time, but I didn't think anything was too major. And I thought all the characters were really interesting and, and the screen time was fairly well shared between people. Um, but, um, alas, we do have a second half to the game and those opinions are going to change dramatically. Let's just talk about the twist, I guess, of edge of extinction. Cause it's obviously central. It was on debate, even at tribal council in this season, in this finale, and how in the beginning it makes a lot of sense to, you know, have someone come back. Like you were voted out, you have time to learn, you have time to change. But it makes less sense post merge. I feel like in Redemption Island it makes a little more sense. You have the quick chance to fight back and come back in. This time it was like a little different. I feel like you didn't have to fight as much. It was. Like, you know, Joe, who was voted out at the merge, had the same chance as someone uh, like Rick, not Rick, um, whoever the last person, but Ron or whatever was voted out. Like, they had the same shot of coming back, whereas Redemption, you have to fight continually through. I feel like there's a difference. And it especially becomes apparent when someone who was gone before the merge ends up coming back after the merge. And it really just complicates the thing. It's And while it's interesting and we're like, debating about it and talking about it and it's got everyone's kind of heads rolling it's hard to comprehend how to react sometimes yeah i agree i think that this twist was working well um before the merge i think you have the initial payoff of um like you don't know that this was happening but somebody's coming back a la the um outcast twist which i think like it's worthwhile for that moment but then this continuing um the fact that I feel like we didn't get much of the Edge of Extinction after the merge either. There were less of kind of these um, advantages and scavenger hunts, which in a way was a good thing and I'm kind of fine with. Um, they did continue a bit, but I feel like these last kind of couple of episodes, they weren't really apparent at all. Um, so then it just seemed like there was like no point. We didn't see a lot from people out there. Um yeah, and I agree. The fact that it comes down to a challenge where the person who has just voted off has an equal chance as people who have voted off day one, um, I think there's major issues um, with that. And all these concerns that like people brought up before the season starting about it's going to give people time to bond with the jury and somebody's going to come back who's played like five days of the actual game. 
um, was something that I feel like everybody was worried about leading into this. Then kind of along the way they got lost because we got so much focus on like Devons. It was almost like somebody coming back was kind of an afterthought of like, oh, well, they'll probably come back and maybe get the revolving door treatment. I feel like everybody's fears on how this could play out the worst possible way actually kind of came true in like the last episode. Um, so yeah, everything after the merge for me on the edge of extinction was just um, pointless and, and weird and oddly structured and, and didn't um, work to their favor. Yeah. I was reading some comments um, online about the season and what people thought and how people were, feeling about the win and all that kind of stuff. And something that someone wrote that was really interesting was that they said, essentially day 39 to day 33, 30, whatever it was, whenever Chris came back, essentially didn't matter. And like, you know, it could have been anyone there and it could have been any situation. There could have been hundreds of blind sides, no blind sides, and it still wouldn't have affected the game because only thing days that mattered were one to eight and the kind of final days. And that's kind of the biggest sour note of the entire thing is that a lot of the game could have really meant nothing. All the times we spent thinking about it and talking about it really didn't matter because the person that was going to win the game wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the Edge was Sorry. in it as well. Um, it just felt like nobody had the story to be able to come back and win. Um, so then when it did happen, it just feels so weird and odd and, like, I'm just, like, empty with my feelings towards the winner because I don't even know who, like, this person is and what their story is because they just don't have a story because they were out of the game for so long. That Everything just feels so unbalanced and weird. Um, I feel like there's no point you can go back to, which you can with previous winners, where you can see kind of this thread of, okay, this was where their story was being built and this was an important little hint. I don't think there was any kind of hints dropped that, like, this was going to happen and, and that's how, like, the season was going to end up. Um, add to the fact, I suppose what really kind of annoys me um, is that we got this idle advantage when Chris came back into the game. Um, and if anything, that soured me more than anything else this episode. I feel like somebody coming back in the final six who's been out of the game has gotten a massive second chance. Um, then for them to get this kind of half idle thing, which you can say is not guaranteed, but it's pretty much a guaranteed thing, provided he aligns with like the minority anyway here. Um, I was just like, that's like way too big an advantage at that stage. Um, it was bad enough when like it happened to Rick at the merge, but at least it kind of made a bit more sense with the amount of people left and, and variables of what could happen there. But to have it come in here at the final six when there's already idols in play in the main game and to add in another one that's just in somebody's bag, um, I just thought was really um, messed up and unfair. Yeah, I would agree that that was rough, only because there was one chance he really had to play it, and that was the last chance he could play it. So even if he wasn't going to get a vote, why wouldn't you kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and as we're doing this, I'm going to have a late breaking announcement. We are going to be joined by a quick guest for probably the next two minutes at most to talk, have their opinions voiced. We are going to have Colin join in late minute and probably ditch us in two seconds, but he will be joining us. I am reaching out to Colin. Hello, Colin. Oh, you're not Ben. 
Wow, I just got insulted on my own show. <laughs> uh, I am uh, about to record with Ben, uh, which you can listen to on Double Law 7, hopefully in the next week. Um, and then you can also listen to our Terminator 3 recap in a couple of months. But in the meantime, I figured I'd kill some time and... Uh, kill some time? Should be a pleasure. Well, I'll kill a minute here. I mean, we have to talk about James Bond Jr., the animated series. There's more important things that await. You're not wrong. <laughs> Before I give my opinion, uh, just out of curiosity, what were your guys' feelings on the finale and the season? Oh, we loved it. We thought this was the best ending to a Survivor season ever. Um, <laughs> top 10 season. Um, I mean, it's kind of really pushing up there with the heroes as villains and fans as favorites uh, in terms of popularity for me. Yeah. Good. We're all in agreement then. Yep. Um, first, I'll say this. Uh, Jamie's a very happy woman because she didn't watch most of the season with me. She stopped watching when Chris got voted out because he was the hot guy who looked like Henry Cavill. Uh, and when he got voted out, she had no interest. And she watched the finale with me, and she was rooting for Chris the whole time. And then when I was trying to explain to her what's wrong with him winning, uh, she's like, I don't care. He's great. He's great. So there's one happy person out there. But I'm Two actually if you a count little... Chris. What's that? Two if you count Chris. Uh, yeah, exactly. Jamie and Chris are very happy. Um, but I am, I'm going to say this. I'm a little bit torn. Uh, I, I, I don't think anybody loves the idea of somebody being gone from the game the entire time, coming back, having a few decent votes, and then winning. But we've seen other people who actually were there the entire time, never had to fight, and did the same thing. I mean, there are winners out there who had zero presence until the finale. So it's not like that's never happened before, but I just feel like the unfortunate thing is this is going to encourage them to keep giving the whole redemption thing a chance. Uh, as well, I, I do want to uh, give one more positive thing on the, um, what do they even call it on this? So it's not exile, it's not redemption. It's the theme of the season. Of extinction. Edge of extinction. Yeah, theme of the season. I've already forgotten. Uh, so, they did hit on one thing, which I think I don't. I, there probably could have been a way to do it better. I, I know Rossi, you and I gave our theories at the beginning of the season, and I was saying I would have liked for these people at Extinction, instead of just waiting to do a challenge, to actually have to wait until there were like seven of them there, and then over the course of like one tribal council, have to repeatedly vote every single one of them out, so they could still say they played the game. They still had to, you know, sway votes and play a social game and everything. That's still a better way to do it. But I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not. I think that they've at least hit on something that by forcing these people to be malnourished and still have to play the survival part of it uh, and have to compete with each other for idols, that the people who have come back did play harder. Because I don't think there's anybody this entire season that's played harder than Devin's did or that's played harder than Chris tried to in the last two votes. I'm not saying I'm a fan of it, but I think it's worked a lot better than the past Redemption Island ones where people are gone, they come back, and they just end up making the same mistake again. I mean, at the very least, I think you could say that Chris and Devin's, they realized they had to change their game, and then they fought as hard as they could. No agreement? I just struggle. I think the one thing that I kind of commented on before you were here is that I think Redemption Island had these continual battles. Um, I said one issue of the 
comeback challenge that we saw Chris get into was that Chris had an uh, equal shot as Ron and Aurora, who were just voted out. There is, there's no, they're all equal. There's no like benefit to surviving in the game longer. Yeah. Like Reem had the same shot. Like she could have won this season too, and she would have voted out on day three. Like so, like there's no fairness in how they get back in. So that was kind of a struggle to watch and to deal with. Yeah, again, I'm not saying I'm a fan of how it all played out, but I think it's, I personally think it's better than Redemption Island just in that, in what it brought out in the players. Because Redemption Island, we at least got more happening. I mean, they didn't even show Edge of Extinction for the last couple of weeks. Part of that was they were probably trying to tease to the audience, is anybody actually going to come back, which we all knew they were. Uh, but it brought out the best in the two players that did come back. And uh, another thing that I just want to quickly comment on, because I'm sure Ben's waiting for James Bond Jr., uh, and so am I, because <laughs> nobody was really a fan of this season. Um, the fact that so many people are just jumping on and saying, oh yeah, the producers are manipulating things in Devin's favor and stuff like that. I mean, these are the same things that were thrown out there when Ben won a few seasons ago. And I feel like that's a bit of a cop-out answer. And again, I'm not a huge fan of Oh, there's always an idol in play. There's always these advantages, but it's it's it seems like it's always the cop out answer. If you don't like that one person just dominates, that you just say, "Well, the producers are favoring them." I mean, everybody has an equal shot out there, and they're they're not going to risk you know FCC fines for tampering in gameplay. I mean, there are real FCC laws against that, uh, and in the end. I feel like sometimes you get one player that just dominates the screen time because they are doing a lot out there and they're making decent TV. And then the fans just try to say, well, it's rigged and everything. I don't know if either of you guys had an opinion on that one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. I don't think um, it's rigged, but I do think there are issues with how kind of idols are structured. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I like, I agree. It's not like it's rigged for a certain person. In, like Devons is on the bottom, you've made it obvious. Of course, he's going to go look for an idol. I feel like there's issues from the other players there and how they've played it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that like it's so obvious now that like idol is played, another one is hidden. Like I feel like that formula is kind of tired and overdone. And I feel like it makes idol plays a whole lot less exciting. Even like all mm-hmm. the business with like the fake idols and stuff. This episode, I was just like, I was over it. Like, this isn't exciting because every single tribal of, like, the last four tribals, we've had, like, this element of, like, yeah. an idol being played or an idol being threatened to play. Like, there's no um, suspense on whether, like, the idol is found. As soon as you see, like, the player on the bottom searching, you know they're going to find it because they're not showing ever, like, these efforts of people to find it when they don't actually get it. And then, like, these different kind of character moments that they could be showing. Um, so, for me, like, there's just no... The, like theatrics of drama is theatrical, but it's not dramatic. It's not suspenseful. It's not in contention. Who's going home? Like, it's like, okay, well, player on the bottom has an idol. We all know they have an idol because they've shown it. And we all know that the next tribal is going to probably run this exact same format because we know that tomorrow they're getting up to go look for the idol again before everybody else is awake. Um, yeah. And an island of idols uh, is only going to make that worse next year. Mm-hmm. But. I will say I, I probably the only tribal that I think I really enjoyed was the one with the two fake idols played just because it was funny. And I like when players don't take it personally and they were sort of like, oh, you really got me. Um, but it, considering it's followed 
week after week after week of idle play, advantage play, idle play, advantage play. I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I, I also, very quickly, as <laughs> so I said that three times, uh, wanted to comment on uh, a couple players and also uh, the one moment I really liked, uh, which I thought would have swayed things against Chris. Uh, and that's the when he was bringing up like classic Survivor and everything. And I think it was Gavin who was like, wait, if you're a fan of classic Survivor, then you should not be a fan of players coming back in the game. I mean, you have the players themselves now saying, we want a more classic season. And the winner himself talks himself into a corner, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but overall, I don't really feel like anybody in this entire cast I'm like a huge fan of. All the returning players, I have a much lower opinion of now. I think that Aubrey is a downright bad player, whereas she, she mostly fluked into her first game because she's proven the next two times that there's really nothing to her game. Joe is non-existent, and I don't even think they talked to him in the reunion show other than like in between the commercial breaks. Um, uh, Wentworth, I'm even less a fan of now than I was previously. I, I think, Ross, you were saying Chris didn't have the same opinion as well. Uh, and David, I'm kind of just indifferent on. He's still good. But if anything that they did to try to sway things in people's favors, it was having this uh, island of <laughs> island of extinction, uh, exile, island of extinction, edge of extinction, was all for the returning players, which I think we talked about prior to this. And the fact that it came down to, hey, we got the least significant player to come back into the game. I, you know the producers were scrambling and throwing every bit of footage they had at Chris in the last few minutes. Uh, but, but I do feel like Chris kind of redeemed himself as a character. He at least is a slightly entertaining winner now. Uh, the number one person I want to say I'm a much bigger fan of now because I couldn't have cared less about her going into this is Lauren. And I still don't think she's a good player. Um, but personality wise, she was non-existent to me. And then for whatever reason, in this last episode, she won me over. So I'm in favor of anybody coming back from the season, maybe Lauren. And are you excited for next season? <laughs> I'm, that's the Canadian one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't I say too CBS much. I don't want to give away. CBS and, well, yeah, let's not give it away. CBS and Global permit me from commenting before my season starts. But uh, <laughs> no, no, really. Uh, I'm actually very thankful I submitted. I think Rossi and you and I mentioned this, that I had submitted my application uh, and my video. And I immediately got an automatic reply because this was on November 1st at 9 in the morning. I immediately got an automatic reply saying, we're accepting applications all the way up until end of day, October 31st. So I missed it by like 12-hour cutoff. Uh, I'm obviously lucky now because i got more important things going on, like uh, 007. And <laughs> but you didn't get to meet Sandra. I didn't. And I didn't get to stare at those hideous... Mount Rushmore statues, which is take back that hideous comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I, I thought that was a joke when I because I saw I only watched the finale before going to bed. I'm like, oh, I'll watch the rest of reunion tomorrow. And I woke up in the morning seeing all these memes about the Mount Rushmore thing, which I thought that was a joke, but no, it's real. But anyways, thank you for coming on this episode. Um, I will rent the finale. Or when you do that later. <laughs> Anyways, Ben awaits and listen to Double Law Seven, uh, which will also be simulcast on our random rewatch episode, and Rossi and I'll eventually get back to that. All right. Good night. Thank you for allowing me to join this gentleman. Bye, thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh, finally.
Um, Too positive about the season. <laughs> I thought he would hate it, and he came in loving it. So that was unexpected, but no, I it's like oh, there's just issues. I think <clears throat> the comment about like gameplay and like Rick and Chris like being exciting. I think you can like obviously he has to like play like all out because he's done nothing the whole show. Um, and I think being on the edge of extinction and being given a second chance, then like then you can make these crazy moves like giving up immunity to go to fire because you've already had like a second chance. By right, you shouldn't even still be in the game. So then at that point, you're like, okay, well, may as well just risk it because I've kind of already been burned out. Anyway, I think like it's an unfair advantage to be gone and then come back because then... I, yeah, I just feel like you have so much more options as to playing all out. If you go out on some big move, you're not viewed as like stupid or silly because you've already been voted out anyway. I feel like that stigma is not going to be attached to you because at the end of the day, oh, if this was a regular season, you're out third or fourth. Um, so making like some crazy move is not viewed as like harshly by like the fan base and by like the audience if it doesn't pay off. Um, so to me, that's kind of. Like, I feel like, yes, like, there was more, like, flashy gameplay from Chris and, like, Rick, but I think Edge allowed them to, like, bring that gameplay to the game because they were already kind of working on their second chance. And I think flashy gameplay is not necessarily better gameplay. Um, I think other people doing stuff to not get voted out, uh, making good bonds is, like, completely undervalued. And there was that point about it, like, in Final Tribal where you thought that it may switch around and the fact that it didn't to me was extra kind of disappointing. There's a few elements I want to debate, or not debate, to kind of get to the heart to and think about, is it flawed? Like we were talking about, you said the idle strategy of hiding it. As soon as someone plays it, issue is there's an issue with that. And then I want to talk about the issue of the fire making challenge because I feel like this season we really got the heart of, like, is it a good system? Is it not a good system with Chris? sacrificing his spot and competing against Rick is something new we haven't seen, but is it like the thing that breaks kind of the strategy? Are we not going to see it anymore? Is it a broken system that we need to change up again? Kind of what's the deal with that in your opinion? Um, I don't think it's broken. I think if anything, this kind of reinforces the fact that it's going to stay. I think this is kind of the type of TV that Jeff, and the producers want. Um, this should have been a really exciting moment. Uh, for me, it wasn't just because of the players that it was. Um, but I think we had we knew that this was going to happen at some point because it was I, – like I can't even hail this as this amazing move because it's not like Chris thought of it. It's like this was brought up by like Dom in his season, probably would have been the last season they watched before going out there. Um, like we already had that this was like a possibility. Um, so from a gameplay, the fact that he did it and took that chance, like, I can credit, but, like, the, like, genesis of the idea and, like, coming up with it, like, that's not his. Um, Dominic kind of put that out there, and then obviously he didn't do it, and it's kind of a big what-if for that season. Um, but to me, this should have been, like, this amazing moment where, like, your favorite player or there's two really strong people and then one is kind of, putting their life on the line for this situation. Like it should have been a huge moment to me. Like it, it just, it wasn't, it was maybe a surprise that Chris won for me just because of the editing. I thought like, well, okay, like this is the point where Chris goes right. And then Rick takes the win. 
Um, so it was suspenseful in that sense, but this just should have been like a huge, crazy moment. And for me, it wasn't. And maybe I'm just like jaded on the whole thing. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I just feel like this should have been so much bigger and so much more exciting than it was. Uh, for me, it was actually his best move just because I thought that it was actually his like ownership. Like he could actually own something. Cause I think playing an idol is all well and good, but when it's the final tribal that you can actually play an idol, it doesn't feel as dramatic. Even if you save yourself, it's just like, a, well, what else were you going to do kind of mm. situation and winning an immunity challenge in its own right may not be important. Cause you, people don't get to see it. It's just kind of, all right, you came in with the necklace. So like having that ownership was really important for Chris specifically. I think that, you know, having eight days in the game, 12 days in the game total that he did, that was probably his shiningest, shine, shiniest, shi- what <laughs> biggest moment in the game. And like, that's like really, I feel like what set a lot of people off is that he took out kind of the power hitter, the one that everyone was talking about. And he was able to own that as a part of what he did in the short time that he had. So Maybe I forgot Ghost Island a lot. I didn't even realize that that was talked about way back then. Uh, But I thought it was really cool that he actually did it and someone actually committed to doing it because I don't think we'd seen that yet. So in terms of first, that was a first. Mm. Um, I I also if it does. I mean, I said it doesn't break it. And if anything makes the idea of it stronger. But do you think like the whole point of this twist was to get, like, two strong people sitting at the end to, like, ensure that you couldn't just, like, boot the strong person. Um, but now there's kind of this, like, loophole where you, if there's, like, two strong people in the game, you kind of can boot the stronger player if both of them are kind of willing to go up against each other. Do you think they'll change it in any way, or do you think it's kind of staying how it is as well? I I don't know how they would change it, just because... You can't guarantee, like, it's really tough to determine who's going to be the final four, just because I'm trying to think, like, you know, last um, season in David vs. Goliath, we really didn't have that really strong, I don't remember who was fourth place, uh, who was fourth place? Kara, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, so we didn't really have a strong, super, like, dominant person. Like, maybe Nick was the biggest, but at that, like, no one was at this level that Rick was put at this season, or Dom and Wendell were put at last season. And maybe that's the edit, or maybe that's kind of our my perception of it, but I feel like this, it's hard to determine who's going to be there. Like, this season, we had two big, stronger players, like David, uh, Ghost Island, we did. David Gross Goliath, we really didn't, so our fourth place boot was Kara. And then before that was Angela. Like, it's hard to say that this is targeting or trying to protect anyone. Like it was done out of, at this point, the biggest threat to win goes home. Yeah. But it's hard to determine like who that's going to be. And if they're going to be there, like people are just going to, like, I think that people will accelerate their game to push it further. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should have a round with no idols before this point? Because I really do think that there should be kind of a free shot at people um, this like late in the game. That seems like a fair uh, kind of add-on to the game. I think that their attempt to the fire-making challenge is another way to have that. Like They have this kind of vote where you can 
whoever wins the challenge really has control over who can go to the end, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Rick was vulnerable and he did go. And that was kind of the strategy that people put out there. Uh, you know, it obviously didn't work. Think back to Ben's season where he was the threat. People wanted him gone. He didn't go. So it's it's tough. Um, I don't hate it as much as I used to. But this time it worked out in my favor because I wanted Rick to go and he did go. So it's hard. Like it's worked out more times for me than it hasn't. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say like how I entirely feel about it. Cause the only time I didn't really like it was when Ben said, so I'm not totally against it. I just think it, I don't know if we've seen, maybe we have seen all possible outcomes of this scenario. And that's why yeah, I worry. I feel like the fact now that like it's a part of the game and people know about it too um, makes it slightly more palatable. Because like the first season around, nobody knew about it. There was no way to plan for it. Um, even if they knew about it, they wouldn't be able to plan for it anyway because it would have just been idols up until that point anyway. But now that like people know, I feel like at least there's some incentive to get people out before that point if you think that they're going to be good at this. But as we've seen, there's depending on the situation with idols, there's not going to be a chance before that point anyway. Yeah, but I would argue that um, it it has worked in a sense because the two seasons, not counting this one, like the last two seasons, David and Ghost, it did mm-hmm. work out because we had no, like, David versus Goliath, there were no power hitters. There were no major people. And then the season yeah. before that, there were two really big, but that was just, they had such control that no one voted them out kind of thing. So it's like worked in that the gameplay pushed it to get there. I think the only issues with this and HHH was that we had that one person idle and immunity to the end. So there was no opportunity to accelerate that gameplay. So they're only kind of that one standout. So in some cases, it has really worked well, like the gameplay pushed forward, but like half of the time it hasn't. And it's been a struggle to get someone out. You know, what's something that annoys me too, and like I have seen them online, I haven't watched them. And it's only a minor point is the fact that we didn't have like Ponderosa videos. Because I think that's a really good end to people's story. I think I saw some comments about how maybe Edge should have had kind of its own like weekly like Ponderosa segments, which I think would have been great and i think they kind of did that in some sense sense with like the secret scenes um particularly like when war dog arrives and you have reem kind of calling him out which was in a secret scene and should have been in the episode but for me and like, they have put up ponderosa videos now i haven't watched them um so maybe they're okay but like i do enjoy kind of seeing that um breakdown of people being out of the game and then kind of losing that um like it's a minor thing but like it's something that i definitely missed this season Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, we've touched on it a little bit, but the editing of the season was very um, hit or miss for a lot of it, mostly miss, just because, mm-hmm. um, I know you mentioned the comment, and I've seen Kristen talk about it, like, if Rick doesn't win this season, like, I feel so bad for the winner, because they've been not shown at all. There's been no moments for them to shine, nothing that they've done will compare to the legacy that is Devin's, you know? And Chris, even worse than someone like Gavin or someone like Julie or Victoria, who was in the game the whole time almost, is that he was gone. And we barely even saw him on the edge. We saw Reem. 
and Kelly. And that's about it. Is there a way that this could have been done better? Like, should we have seen Edge more? Should we have seen how how could have this been fixed? And would there have been a way to see anyone from the edit be truly deserving? Uh, it's difficult. I think even when Chris was in the game, like he was so he was not like a big character, and they. I think like there was elements there, but it just needed more. Like we got these moments of Chris on the edge. Um, his big thing was like, I'm a perfectionist and like now here I am, like knowing that I haven't played the perfect game and like where do I go from here, which I think was kind of an interesting story, but it wasn't present enough. I think he gets that moment. Then after that, all I can remember is that he fished for them at some point, which I think it was important to include, to include as kind of like as a little like wink to like his social game out on edge and providing for people, which I think Reem or somebody brought up at Final Tribal Council. Um, but I don't know, there just wasn't enough. And I feel like of the people we saw on edge, like it just felt like Chris was not in contention to come back. Um, for me, like this really felt like uh, the Devon show kind of throughout like these past episodes which it didn't feel like initially. I thought we had a much more balanced edit kind of pre-merge. Um, and then even for those first kind of couple of votes, it's like as soon as we get to the, I don't even know, David Kelly vote, that everything kind of switches around to this like 100% Rick story, Rick the underdog. And it just felt like it was all going in one direction. Like for me, there was no other like a viable winner person based on edit than like Rick going into this finale. I feel like we got snippets in their outside chances of people. I feel like somebody like Julie was initially getting kind of all this content early on that made you think, oh, maybe like Julie is the one who ends up winning this season because they're giving her all this random content and they're not really spending a lot of time with the rest of the Karma tribe. But I feel like that fell apart really quickly too because she was just edited so negatively like for these last couple of rounds. And then Gavin, they tried to sell in these elements in the finale of Doubt, but it just felt like he had no story at all, which neither did Chris, but it just, like, there was nothing, no substance there for so many of these people. And I'm all for an unpredictable finale, and I want to go in there not knowing who wins and with somebody having way more screen time than other people and there being lots of viable choices. But they just felt like nobody was like a viable choice to win. And that's not the unpredictability I want. I want to know like these people's stories and kind of how they would win if they got to the end, um, which I don't think we really got at all. If someone from the edge who had gotten a lot of screen time came back and then won, like if Chris had a lot of air on Extinction, do you think that would have been better justifying to see him win? Like would that have sold you more on him? coming back and him winning? I think so. I think it was always going to be hard somebody being voted out so early and was always going to leave a bit of a sour taste. Like, I think if this was, like, really any of kind of the, like, post-merged people, maybe with the exception of, like, Joe and Eric and Julia, because I feel like we didn't really know much about them, but this whole, like, stream of, like, David, Kelly, Dan, Ron, Aurora, if any of those people came back and, like, did the same things, like... I think it's hypocritical of me, but I probably wouldn't have been so like harsh on their win because I feel like we saw them make moves within the game. Um, and we saw Chris do that and as when he came back and credit to him for kind of building up this resume in like a short amount of days. But it felt like before that, I'm like, how can you stand on anything when you were voted out day, like whatever? 
it's not like he got unlucky or we saw like good. We just saw like no good gameplay before he went out. And I don't know if they could edit that into the first couple. We saw him like bumbling and like going up to War Dog and spilling the plan, like causing his own boat out. So I suppose that was his story. This like come to like second chance on the edge. And now he has a chance to play the perfect game. And, like he ran with it when he got back. I feel like we just needed more like bonding scenes of him with other people on the edge. Because you knew there was this mo- this element of if somebody's on the edge of extinction, they've had all this time to like bond with the jury and really like come to terms with everything. But I feel like we didn't really see that apart from that one kind of fishing moment that he's got some relationship with these people here. And like Rick and him have this moment where they talk about like that they cleared everything up on the edge of extinction. I feel like that would have been a really important and key thing to show just like Chris making these bonds with other people so it wouldn't have felt so out of field because half the people who voted for him didn't, like, weren't on his initial tribe, only met him on ex- on Extinction. And I felt like there was no explanation for, like, why they're doing that apart from them spending time together at some point. This Yeah, this also kind of references, like, Ghost Island in the sense that we got, in that season we got our first high. And one thing that was really interesting was the first half of the people voted out, picked one. And then the second half of the people voted out, picked the second person. Mm-hmm. And then Laurel eventually picked Wendell as well, who was the person that they all voted for at the end. And this was kind of the same thing. A majority of the people voted for uh, Chris, who were voted out earlier. And then more of the, pe- the people that voted for Gavin were toward the end of the vote outs. Yep. And so obviously there's this play of like, hey, it really makes a difference how long you are in the game with how impacted you will vote for the jury. And like you said, we should have seen more of Chris relating to Juliet. Like, Julia was the last person I thought would vote for Chris at the tribal. Like, she just said so many comments that were like, why would I vote for you? All these kinds of things. And then she ends up voting for him. So it's really confusing that we don't get any clarity or any sort of, okay, that makes sense. Or at least, at the very least, just be like, Chris was, you were really nice. At At least say it in the jury. Like, be like, Chris, you were so nice to me on the edge. You gave me your blanket or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like comments like mm. that, that would at least, if we don't see it, we don't need to see someone giving someone a, a towel or a blanket or a rice or something. But if you say it, I'll at least believe it better. So at least stuff like that, we should have gotten in the jury comments or something. Yeah, I think to the issue, like maybe Edge needed, well, I think it just needed to go away after the merge, but maybe it just needed to be start, start fresh and, like, nobody from the pre-merge is allowed to kind of stay at that point. Because the fact, like, to me, the big thing here is the fact that you had somebody like Reem, who has never met, has had no interaction at all with Gavin and Julie making a decision about the winner. And you can argue that, yes, we've had that before in seasons where they've started the jury um, pre-merge, but that's not really a thing so much anymore. So people have at least kind of one, two days with everybody Um and I think, obviously, the more time you spend with people, that's going to influence. Um, but the fact that she has had no interaction, there's somebody who's had no interaction with, with two people who are sitting in the final three, I think there's a real issue with that when it comes to voting. Yeah, as fun as it was to have Reem throughout the entire season, a first boot, be in the game for every episode, it does make it hard like there was she couldn't have voted for anyone else like she didn't meet the other two like you said like there was no way she was gonna vote for anyone other than chris 
And so that's like there wasn't a whole lot of credit given to people who, like, maybe they weren't the most exciting and interesting characters, but I feel like they just they played a worthwhile game in that the, the main thing about Survivor should be at the end of the day, you have to get to the final three without being voted out. Sure, this season changed that, and you have this moment of the themes are not on trial here, but like. I just feel like these people played really strong social games and had the bonds and ability to get to the end. And then it's just kind of ripped from them by this person who comes in last minute. And just the fact that there was like, I feel like there's been like no credit. There was like no credit from like the players, really. The fact that these people like did this. I feel like the fans have given it. And I like, I've seen conversations about like, Gavin like played like a really great game. Victoria played a really great game, and she was screwed by kind of Chris coming back. But I feel like within the context of the show, and I suppose they don't want to hype these people up because they're trying to make this winner more like acceptable. There was no, there was like little bits of it, but there was no real like, hey, like you guys just you did a really good job of not getting voted out, and I really trusted you, and I think that like that deserved more credit in like the show and how things kind of played out. Yeah, we only got one moment. And that was when Rick asked who didn't get a vote this season. And Gavin was the only person who could actively say that, that he was that person. Mm. And like that was yeah. the only t- shining moment for Gavin, really, in this finale, unfortunately. I wanted to touch on, as Colin was talking about, some of his favorites. Who are some of your favorites? Do you see people returning? How do you feel about the cast now that you've seen the whole thing? Honestly, I think the cast is was fine and fairly strong. I think there's been like a lot of comments about like people were boring and Rick was the only one playing the game. Um, and I obviously don't know what the content was and, and if people were interesting, they'd show it and this, that, whatever else. Um, but at the end of the day, they're trying to like write this story and make the audience go for one person. I just feel like we didn't see enough of people to make them interesting. And I think they, they could have been, I think Lauren did like a great job integrating herself away from like, that like Manu Lesu stigma and like the fact that she was able to get into the majority off of like uh, Kelly going home and, and Porter going home and David going home and all oh, there's two Lesu members left. And, and the fact that she was able to integrate, I thought she played a really good game and was really interesting. And to add to Colin's comment was like a really fun character in this like final episode. Other than her, I mean, David was my favorite kind of returnee coming into it. And I think, if anything, his legacy is the most kind of well-preserved out of the returnees. Uh, who else? I mean, Reem is like the star of the season. The only kind of redeeming factor for me about this twist is the fact that we got Reem for like however many episodes and, and that she just would have been this unforgettable first boot. And the fact that she's like in the conversation to return is like crazy. I like... <laughs> Like, the new Francesca, but, like, the, like, better Francesca in terms of a character and not bringing her back just because she had some, like, drama with another contestant that we're trying to feel to create a storyline before the season begins. Like, she was, like, such a gem out there. The fact that, like, Jeff brought up her saying, like, dude during, like, the challenge, um, I thought was a great moment. I Like, if she comes back, I feel like she does equally as terrible, really. But, um... <laughs> She was just, like, the highlight of the episode. And the fact that we had this, like, running theme of episodes ending with, like, people arriving and then Reem going off at them, I just thought was, like, a really interesting dynamic and probably the best part about Edge that was almost similar to the emotional elements of Redemption Island when it was on the Blood versus Water season. I think that's kind of the element that worked best about it. 
Yeah, Reem was such a blessing that we got this season. She was like the gift that kept on giving. She actually got talked to at the reunion, which never happens to people who are gone early. Yeah, um, in terms of Lauren, it was I, I forget. I think it was Kristen who said it online or something. But I, some, I think it was Kristen. I'm just gonna give it credit to her. But it's like amazing how well she was able to get into an alliance with Gavin and Victoria out of nowhere. Like Kelly and David were just Kelly, David, and War Dog were three vote outs back to back to back, and like she's the last person from that original tribe. I mean, Devin's was still there, but he was kind of on his own thing, and then she just manages to work himself into an alliance. Like throughout this later half of the game, her like rise was just so great to see. I think losing Kelly was the best thing that actually ever happened to her game. So she was really fun for me to watch. Gavin, I loved. I. I was a big. I was rooting for Gavin, even though I knew Chris won, because I saw somehow got to watch the reunion before the finale. But um, I was really supportive of Gavin. I think that Victoria played a really strong game. Like you said, these people didn't get any credit by the show in the game or even through the edit. So it was really unfortunate that we never got to see how well that they could have been. Like because those are some of the people that I would love to see return. Like because they could, they actually played the game. They knew what they were doing. They made strong decisions. And they were at one point really interesting, but in the later half, everyone was so focused on everyone else that it didn't even matter. I just feel like we've moved into like such an era, like an era of like hashtag big moves, which is fine if it makes for exciting television and if the majority of people love it, then like great if it keeps the show on air, like cool. But what I want to see most out of Survivor is like interesting and like diverse winners. And I feel like we are currently on a path where that's not going to be as common they're going to be the exception more than the rule which to me is is disappointing like i'm fine with like the fan favorite going out in like fifth fourth i think that's like an interesting story about how do these people kind of overcome and play like their threat level properly that they can get to like the end like i'm fine with it them having like this like one round where there's no idols and then they have to come through with like a clutch challenge win and do I want to lose them at that point? No, but I think that that makes them more interesting as characters and kind of guarantees that they'll come back at some point anyway. I just feel like the string of winners in like the 30s, apart from maybe like the early 30s, is starting to look kind of very similar in terms of playing advantages, winning challenges, um, finding idols like over and over again. Like, there's, like, this big blend, and they're, like, all looking very bland and, and very similar. So I'm just ready for, like, a big shake-up in terms of a winner. Like, is somebody coming into the final three as this big threat and, like, not winning? Like, make Final Tribal Council interesting again. I think the, like, the jury format of, like, asking questions, like, I wasn't a big fan of it when it came in. I don't think my perceptions have really changed. I kind of would rather everybody just have their own question, their moment to shine, and so that you can actually kind of see people's thinking and what they want behind the vote. I think that does a lot more to explain how people are thinking and voting than this open forum where, like, half the people just don't say anything at all. I didn't hate it this time. I don't know why. I just didn't hate it this time. I have no reason why. I just didn't. <laughs> I feel like it was structured, but I like maybe it, I wasn't really paying attention, but it felt like they kind of got rid of the whole. Now we're, we're going to start with the outwit section, and now we move into the outplay, and now we go into the out, outlast section, which I thought was always just kind of bland and terrible because there's so much overlap, and it felt like they were really trying to sell these divides that don't really exist as clear things. So I feel like it, it was it's definitely smoother. I just still miss these kind of 
giving everybody their moment, like a nice send off on the show to have like their question about what they feel is important in like a winner and what they want to base their vote on, even though they've probably already made up their mind, but to give some semblance of that and then some insight into how they're making their decision, I feel like has really been lost with this whole like everybody speak if you want to, if you don't want to say anything, don't say anything. Who are these people on the jury who we've never heard of? And then them voting and being like, okay, why did they make that decision? Yeah, we lose the personal touches of like what Reem was looking for versus what Joe and Eric, et cetera, were looking for. And I think that that's kind of a tragedy of the, the format that we have now. Quick thoughts. Where would you place Chris in a quick, like one out of 37 winner? And where would you place the season? out of the out of a poll list um chris for me has to be fairly low i feel like maybe i'm being overly harsh i do think he made good moves when he came back but i feel like the good moves are based on the fact that he being voted out and had like nothing to lose at that point in terms of like credibility and like potential like game making mistakes at that point so to me like he's like bottom five if not very last i feel like somebody who gets voted down on day whatever cannot play the game well from a social standpoint and the mistake he made was like going to like war dog and relaying that information when he was told constantly like don't do this if you do this the plan's going to fall apart like he was given warnings on what would happen and then it did happen i don't think his social politicking politicking is the best in that sense regardless of how he provided for people on edge of extinction how that worked to his favor the season as a whole obviously the finale like soured me up until that I was fine with I think people kind of overly harsh on it in some ways before that point people saying this is um like as bad as Redemption Island I think are just plain wrong I think it's better than a lot of kind of those early 20 seasons where we had issues um so for me it probably sits around kind of the 30-ish mark I would say in terms of quality I would rate the season higher because I think there were just so many fun moments like the epicness of Reem at the edge early on, like being the first one there alone. And then we have the moment where they all come back. Like that was dramatic. Some of the tribal councils, I think were pretty crazy. Like there, we had a live tribal council where we were all standing up. I thought that was fun. Like the fake idols were pretty fun. And like the thought of having like 27 people compete in one challenge was kind of exciting to me as stupid as it was. It was fun to see like 12 people compete to try to get back into the game at once. Uh, so I'd probably rate it higher. I would say low middle for me. Mm-hmm. And then Chris would probably be like 38 or 30, whatever. Maybe that would like, be I lower. Some interesting points too, about like the tribal councils and how like the tribal councils were interesting, which I agree in this season. Well, the ones without idols, maybe when people had idols and they didn't play them. But for me, like the big vote outs of this season that were interesting, like uh, initially, like the Aubrey vote out early on was an interesting episode and like tribal council. I think, like, the David Kelly double boot, the Julia where everybody's up, like, talking and, like, no idols or well, David plays an idol, but for no reason. Like, the things that weren't influenced by idols were, in my mind, like, these more, like, interesting votes than the, the flashy kind of stand-up, play idol, play fake idol moment. So I think that's an interesting point to take away for production maybe is that you don't need idols for it to be an interesting vote you just need kind of the right circumstance which i feel like we got a lot of at points throughout the season it just for me just went downhill kind of the finale and the like one two episodes before um with the way screen time was uh divvied out 
but I think there's interesting votes throughout this season without idols that show that the gameplay, like as it stands, like at its heart, like it's still there and it's still interesting. Uh, and you don't need a million and one twist to like manufacture that drama. And the fun stuff of like Aurora sitting at tribal council and no one's talking to her or when Aurora goes and checks uh, Rick's bag and he comes back in the camp and stuff like that was just fun. Like it was a little bit about idols, but it wasn't actually the moves of playing it or thinking of playing it or forcing someone to play it or playing it for someone. Like I think what made really compelling for Chris's win was him, even though I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal, but it ended up being a big deal was him convincing Lauren to play that idol for him at that tribal council. It didn't matter. Mm. But like it mattered to the voting. People voted for him based off that fact. So yeah. like stuff like and, and the fact that it mattered for like Lauren um becoming like the next tribal council and not having that, I thought was like not really Chris's intention, I would say, at the time. Um, but like it paid off for him kind of uh big time and how things worked out. And like watching it too, I was like, Okay, she's wasted the idol, but like who's voting for her next tribal anyway? Like she's all good. So, like, for me, that was a good uh, payoff and kind of a, a shock set. Like, it did backfire so badly on her the next vote. So let's uh, close out on this season and rate the finale. We didn't talk too much about it, but there really was not a lot going on. How would you rate this finale? Um, the finale, I would be in it. I think that, like, as they kind of build it as, like, the most unexpected, maybe it lived up to expectations um but i don't think in like a positive way so yeah i'm gonna be in it um it's not a super harsh bin but it's i'm not do you want to illegally stream it anytime soon no no illegal stream from you no i still think it deserves a bin (laughs) um yeah i'll go with you i'll take a bin and colin will keep his rent um, I feel like the rest of the season was way better than the finale. I think the finale was kind of the biggest negative of the season. I feel like there was so much good going on. And then the finale was just like everything happening at once. Every, like mm-hmm. literally everyone, McKeith and Wendy are still in the game in the finale. Like what is going yeah, on? It was overwhelming. Things, hmm. And things were so like, I mean, and looked like Rick was going to win going in, but if he'd gone out in some other way and it wasn't Chris at the end, like things would have been so open and we, I feel like we could have got a really like very like split and like close vote that would have been a fitting way to end the season. Who would have been the final three if Chris didn't come back in? Um, this is a very big what if of how the season plays out, but I still think it's like Lauren, Gavin, and Victoria almost at that point. I feel like Julie's in trouble. I suppose something we didn't talk about either. Um, that was another flaw is the fact that Chris came in with with jury information, which I think he was smart to use and as a feather in his cap into how he played it. Um, but the fact that like, and whether it was completely this or not, but the fact that he comes in as like the jury, like Victoria is like the biggest threat uh, outside of Rick with like the jury. And then that kind of contributes to her going home, I think was problematic as well. And apparently, like, somebody said, like, he actually had, like, notes from the jury or something that they, like, had wrote, we're going to vote for this person in the end, this, that, whatever else that he took with him. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, But I think there were, like, there's issues with that. But I think if, like, this hadn't happened, I think we've got, like, a Victoria, Lauren, uh, Gavin final three. And I think in that, 
it's anyone's game. I think, if anything, the two girls are kind of getting the majority of the votes there. All right. Now we have to move on to the next season, which is coming up, who knows when, in a few months, but it is Survivor 39, Island of the Idols. I'm just going to let you go. Oh, my goodness. Like, I obviously, I'd heard about kind of the twist beforehand and seen, like, the like the rumors that, like, it's, like, Robin Santa coming back as advisors only. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if the preview delivered or not. It did, just the moment. The moment at the statues is just, like, it's so, like, firmly in my head of just seeing the statues for the first time, like, lit up by, like, the flames and they're standing near them. And, and the, I'm like, oh, they've just done this this cool effect for, like, the preview. But then when they walk out of the jungle onto the beach that has these massive statues of them on the sand, like, I lost it. People have said it's jumping the shark, but if it is, it's jumping the shark in, like, the best possible way. Like, it's so stupid. But I said to you, like, like Rob with this random like tie dye singlet to like to represent Rupert somehow is just weird and stupid and not in his character. But okay, that's what they've gone for. I think the resemblances are pretty good. As for everything else, we just got like nothing else really on the players in the season. You saw like a flash of four people. There was no narration from the people in the game that you normally get, which is potentially concerning so like i suppose how people think that like rob and sandra are just going to dominate the screen time so i think that's something to look out for but like overall i just those statues have just sold me on like the whole idea um <laughs> you're sold I think, it's inter- I think it's interesting too the fact that they are apparently actually like living out there because i did think that like they'd just be like boating them out to the island and bringing them back to stay in like a hotel um, if they were just playing like an advisor role, but the fact that they're apparently staying out there and building their own shelter and doing their own thing by the looks of things will be interesting. I think it's an interesting conundrum for how editing handles it, but like it's basically just Exile Island, which they've done before and edited well before. Um, so I think as long as um, people in the game are getting at least maybe equal time to Robin Sandra, then I'm all for it. And I think it's just random and it's going to be okay just for the fact of they're good characters who can give good confessionals i don't know how good they would do it advising people and actually gameplay and trying to stay impartial in that could be a concern but yeah they're, they're great characters they're fun just the, the statues every time i look at it, i just start like laughing and smiling i think that's just going to be a highlight of mine for years to come um I just, I want to buy one of those statues in the after-season auction, which I think shipping alone would would cripple my bank account. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I think why not throw them everything they have at the show after kind of the way this past finale ended. Um, Then this is kind of their chance to just go for it and, and make as many changes and random things as possible at this point. I mean, we always say if this, even if the twist is bad, we can always still enjoy the season. The season can be fun. It can be entertaining. Like, just because it sounds like a very jump the shark moment doesn't mean that we can't have great moments and characters and stories. Like, the cast could be amazing for all we know. And we literally know nothing because, like you said, none of them got to talk. So uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I do worry about screen time, but maybe not too much because of the speculation of them being back next season after that you know so they may not overload them just because we're going to get a lot of them possibly in the next year 
it's interesting to see how it will work out, how often they will interact with the players. Will it be a daily three kind of episode challenge? Will it will they be in the challenges? Will they be kind of teaching them how to do puzzles? Will they be giving them idols? Like what is everything gonna happen? Mm-hmm. I think that'll be an interesting tell of how well it goes. If they're just handing them idols, then all right, maybe that's a stretch. And Yeah, I think that oh. the idol element is interesting. Because it has that like double meaning here, well, it could have the double meaning here, like the fact that there's idols on the logo. Um, I think speaks to the fact that it'll be an idol-heavy season. But yeah, whether they're at camp or here, um, I think there's interesting ways for them to play it. And they talk about in the preview that they'll have to earn the advice or the reward that they're going to be given. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Like, are they going to have to compete? Are they going to have to sacrifice? You know tribal or votes or challenges or something like that to earn these rewards will they have to gamble their vote or whatever to like get these rewards that'll be interesting how that shakes down as well i think too like how long this remains a secret is potentially interesting too because obviously only the people who go there are going to know that this is happening i think everybody's just going to assume from the outset that it's somewhere where there's idols i think going there is potentially um a threatening thing for your game as well so I think there's interesting ways it could shape out and how this kind of secret is revealed and how late it can last into the game that people don't know that Rob and Sandra are on the adjacent island to them. I think there's potentially some funny scenarios with that. Well, hopefully the boats that bring them to and from challenges don't pass by the the statues. <laughs> Imagine passing that and being like, oh. Well, could that I be? think they would get it from Sandra's statue. Rob's, I'm not so sure. Um, but Sandra's, I think, is a pretty good likeness um, in the face and actually what she's wearing as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, like you said, it's already like a bad thing. Like you're going there, like into the implication that there's going to be idols. So like mm-hmm. hiding the fact that they're there would be really good. Like you get this bonus that no one else knows really. Yeah, I agree. So it could be interesting. Um, we have a lot to yet to see, yet to learn about. But, you know, anything... At this point, not much can get worse in our eyes, so. This is true. And, like, Edge of Extinction, not so much, but David versus Goliath, everybody was like, what? Like, this is such a, like, crummy, like, theme, and, like, it's terrible, and, like, um, people weren't so, like, hyped up for it, and that turned out to be, like, a great season. So I think there's, regardless of, like, the twist in the theme and how lame the title may be, there's always hope for how things can turn out. Yes. So... With that being said, we will be back next season to preview Survivor 39, Idol... I don't... Uh, I'm going to mess it up all the time. Island of the Idols. I hate the the bit in it. Like, Idol... Oh my gosh, now I'm doing it as well. <laughs> Island of Idols is better, I think, than Island of the Idols. It just doesn't flow. Uh, Idol Island would have been really simple and straightforward <laughs> and kind of roll off the tongue more, but um, yeah, make it complicated for no reason. That's typical Survivor. We already had Ghost Island. We can't have Idol Island. Why not? We've had so many blank island, like Redemption Island, Exile Island, you know, Ghost Island. Yes. <laughs> Stick with the theme. No, it's Island of the Idols. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll be back to preview that whenever that comes out late later this year. But stay tuned to all the Oz Network stuff. Um, and yes, that'll be it. Jared, thank you for joining me, despite the fact that you did not like the season that much at the end. 
Thank you. It's been fun either way, and I think there are, as much as I've bagged on the finale, there's redeeming elements throughout this season that I'll probably come back to at some point and, and rewatch and maybe find a new love for and respect. As we all hope for. Uh, but that'll be it for us. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll be back and see you on the idol. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't know the idol. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.